ways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your morning, everyone. Merry Christmas to everybody. Hallelujah. We're so glad that you're here this morning at Victory Christian Fellowship. We just want to welcome you. There is freedom to worship the Lord and experience His goodness and His grace. Father, we are so grateful and thankful that we serve a mighty God, not just a mighty God, but the almighty God. Lord, you are high and lifted up in this place. And I thank you that your train fills this temple. And Lord, we're here this morning to give you the glory and the honor that is due you. And we bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Amen. Let's stand together and uh, we can turn off the house music and then we'll give you live music. <laughs> Are you ready to worship this morning? Amen. Come on, let's worship. It's the last Sunday of the year. Amen. We got some things to rejoice about. Listen, church has been opened all year long right here at Victory. We're rejoicing about that because that was better than last year. Amen. And we're expecting more. Darn it. 
second time I've done it for the year. I feel pretty good. You know what we're going to sing. Amen.
more than any other word in this world. Everything we've heard this year, last year, the decades before, Father, every word of man may fall to the ground, but your word will never fail. Come on, thank him this place today for his word. We bring in the atmosphere of worship into this place. We bring in the atmosphere of thanksgiving all to our living God. We say how much we believe everything that he has to say. Oh, we worship you in this house today, Lord. We magnify the name of Jesus greater than any other name. Bigger than any other personality. Higher and greater than any other problem. We worship you in this place, Lord. We worship you in this place, Lord. You're worthy to be praised. You are high and lifted up. And your train is filled to heaven. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us. Come on, just give him thanksgiving in this place today. You've made it to the end of a whole year. You are alive and well. The enemy is still defeated. Hallelujah. We worship you in this house. such a time as this. Thank you, Lord, for your word, that you have equipped us with your word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And we believe what you said, Father. We believe what you said, Father.
It won't even flinch. It will not move. But it will become what you say it is. We thank you, Lord, that your word is forever settled in heaven. And Lord, we thank you that you speak your word to us and we hear you. taking you beyond where you thought you could go or what you thought you could be. I'm taking you beyond into my glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You want to go into the glory? Hallelujah. We can go into the glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Well, if you can, you can have your seats. I want to thank Signature Worship Team. Don't they do a great job? And we're glad to have the bass player here. Gabriel. Hallelujah. And we're so glad that you're here this morning. This is our last Sunday of 2021. And uh, it just, it's just going to continue to get better and better. Amen. Amen. You know, within God, there's always a, a, a new level, a, a deeper Yeah, so place. before we say this yeah, uh, yeah. confession, you know, you need to not carry over yeah. this old dead baggage nonsense. Yes. Let's break it. Just the word of God is a sword. Yes. It cuts through. Get out the sword and start swiping. And especially now, you know, yesterday, a lot of people go to family gatherings and they come out worse than when they started. And so, (laughs) got all this nonsense, all these words of evil that are coming on from generations to generations and they get plastered. It's like like a, a renewing the subscription of craziness on you. Just get rid of it. Unsubscribe. Just get it out of your life. Speak to it. Don't just stand there like a sponge and soak it up. Amen. Amen. Spit it out of your mouth. God doesn't accept lukewarm. He spews it out of his mouth. That's right. It's either cold or hot. You're either for me or against me. But don't do this sweetie, sweetie thing. And... (laughs) And give me lukewarm nonsense. you got to be bold about this. Don't take on this crazy cycle of babble from the enemy anymore. Scrape it off of you. (laughs) Amen. With the word of God. Because the sword of the spirit is capable of dividing the finest things. You don't have to be concerned about how it's going to happen. You take that word and it cuts perfectly through. And separates the light from darkness and the good from the evil. That's for you. Take it. Amen? Amen. Your life should look infinity times better yes. next year than it does now. And the other thing. Yes. <laughs> don't be trying to be better than any person you see. Yes. Because you've now lowered your standards. Right. Even if they're the best of the best, you don't try to measure up to what they have. And if only I could achieve that. You need to look to the word yes. and what the word says about you. And that's the standard you set for yourself. Amen? Okay, I'm done. Amen. <laughs> well, one of the things that we do here at Victory Christian Fellowship is we speak the word. Amen. And we have a confession about uh, the Holy Ghost. So let's make our confession together. Our, our Heavenly, Heavenly Father, Father has given, given to us another comforter, comforter to comfort, comfort us, us encourage us, us, and strengthen us. He helps us to stay on God's course. God's Holy Spirit abides with us forever. He is our advocate of truth and our divine tutor to guide us in life. We have the Spirit of wisdom who teaches us all things. He is eternal. He was involved in creation. And he knows all things. We are learning great things from him. The Holy Spirit is our personal powerhouse who who abides within us and overshadows us. Through him we can boldly testify how good our Father God is. We welcome and receive help in all things through the Holy Spirit. 
He helps us solve problems, find solutions, and outsmart all enemies to give us victory in life. The Holy Spirit is our greatest ally who stands for righteousness, holiness, and truth. He always glorifies and honors the Lord Jesus and his kingdom. God's Spirit unveils and reveals to us what is ours. He provides us with special abilities and extraordinary power through divine grace. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising Word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's Word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. I'm going to jump in here while Melissa makes her way up. Okay, so during worship, I saw the Word of God like each word was a soldier, and they're all lined up waiting for us to command them. And so as we speak the word, if you are a visual like me, then you see the soldiers go out and do what you say. And God said, then your mouth is filled with laughter. So you do this laughing, laughing, laughing. Come on, Melissa. And here is one of the best laughers ever. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. I'm so excited. Okay. So, last night I was reading about earthquakes. And I was learning about there are earthquake-resistant buildings. So, there's a couple reasons why. First off, because it's just a building in general, being a building itself, it is automatically defying gravity. So, that was cool. Second thing, it also has, like, triangle supports at the bottom to keep the building steady. And then it's got lead core in the middle and at the joints that are surrounded by rubber. That allows it to withstand the side-to-side movement of its surroundings. So as Christians, first off, automatically by being a Christian, we are defying the devil. That's the first thing, right? Then we also have our three supports, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and the, whole, the Word of God and the Spirit of God, that is what keeps us stiff on the inside and strong and upright, and Holy Spirit, who's our comforter, helps us in case we get bumped into. <laughs> so isn't that amazing? So here at VCF, we have events where you can learn about all of this stuff, okay? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and you get built up in the Word of God and how to use the Spirit of God and Holy Spirit as weapons. So Tuesday, we have youth at 6 p.m., and we are on fire. We are making things. We are creating things. We are learning about the scriptures and using them and applying them. We have had healings, testimonies of things happening in the schools. Invite the teenagers on out, ages 12 and up. And included in that of things we are making, we are also selling coffee and other ornaments and things to support us so we can go to the 50th Rama camp meeting in July. So that is our goal. 
And we plan on going in style and flying there. So support us as the Holy Spirit leads you. And then on Wednesday, we have Wednesday Night Refreshing. That is at 6.30. So in the middle of the week, you get built up even more to keep, the, keep you going. And check out our bookstore. I know it's after Christmas. So if you're like me and forgot to get gifts for some people, we have books that were newly written by Pastor Doug. He wrote about effervescent joy. So that's a great way to start off the new year. I wrote a devotional. It's a great time. It's 52 weeks for the start of the year. And Pastor Fiona wrote for Kids Life Curriculum. That is also for sale. And all of these are available in, on Amazon and in our bookstore. So there's lots to do. That's everything. <laughs> Say, I'm in the right place, and it's a good day. Hallelujah. It's just going to get better. I want to just share something with you from the Word about giving. I want you to turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 21. 1 Chronicles chapter 21. And uh, we're going to start with verse 1. It says, Satan the adversary stood up against Israel and incited David to count the population of Israel or to take a census. You know, Satan can incite you to do some things that put your trust in the flesh and not in God. And... uh, So David said to Joab, the leaders of the people, go count Israel from Beersheba to Dan and bring me the total so that I may know it. And Joab said, may the Lord add to his people a hundred times as many as they are, but my Lord, the king, are they not all my Lord's uh, servants? Why then does my Lord require this? Why will he bring guilt on Israel? All right. And go down to verse seven. It says, now God was displeased with this act of arrogance and pride. This is the Amplified. And he struck Israel. And he gave David three choices of, three bad choices of destruction. Okay? Not going to go into that. But I want you to go down to verse 18. And, uh, you know, David saw the angel of the Lord getting ready to bring that destruction between heaven and earth. Okay? And uh, so verse 18 says, Then the angel of the Lord commanded Gad to say to David, Gad was the prophet or the seer, that David should go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. So David went up to uh, at Gad's word. How many know that? Thank God for the prophets. Yes. Amen. Amen. We got to listen to the prophets. Yes. All right. And uh, which he spoke in the name of the Lord, verse 20. Now Ornan was threshing wheat, and he turned back and saw the angel. And his four sons who were with him hid themselves. All right, this angel was a, this angel was a fierce angel, right? And uh, d- d- verse 21, David came to Ornan. Ornan looked and saw him and went out from the threshing floor and bowed down before David with his face to the ground. Then David said to Ornan, give me the sight of this threshing floor that I may build an altar on it to the Lord. You shall charge me the full price for it. Everybody say the full price. 
Okay? So that the plague may be adverted from the people. Did you know that your giving could stop a plague? It could. Ornan said to David, take it for yourself and let my lord the king do what is good in his eyes. See, I will give you the, the oxen also for the burnt offerings and the threshing sledges, heavy wooden platforms for wood and the wheat for grain offering. I give it all. Everybody say, I give it all. Ornan was a giver. Ornan had a heart to give. Okay? Verse 24. But King David said to Ornan, No, you're you're turning down a free gift? Yes. I will certainly pay the full price, for I will not take what is yours for the Lord, nor offer a burnt offering which costs me nothing. David knew that if you're going to worship God, you need an investment in God. Amen? Amen? And God blesses, I'm telling you, God has the greatest investment plan ever. You give a seed and he makes it multiply. And he, he, he takes your seed and gives you a harvest. Yeah, yeah. Amen? Amen? So here at VCF, you can give any time during the service. We have a container by our bookstore and a container as you came in. There are envelopes there. If you make a check, make it out to VCF. If you're watching this online, you can go to our website and do it that way. Uh, or if you need to do it through a card, you can do it through the bookstore. I mean, there's, all, there's a way to give. Amen? Yeah. Father, I just pronounce a blessing upon every giver and their gifts that they bring unto you, Lord. And I thank you, Father, that you will in turn reward them and protect them, provide for them, and prosper them. And we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's good to have uh, Gabriel back home with us. And Gabriel, if you just want to share a word about what God is doing with you. Amen. This is our son. Uh, it's good to be home, and uh, I'm glad that I was a- able to come out. And uh, I'm, as all of you know, I'm a first year at uh, Rama, and uh, we're about halfway done with uh, our first year there. And uh, we just had some awesome classes and stuff. And um, I'm starting to uh, to get involved with the church. I play on the worship team multiple times a week for a lot of services, uh, and. <laughs> Uh, I'm also on staff in um, in the in the uh, the video department. Um, so I'm just I'm getting I'm plugged in. Uh, I'm 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 sowing seed, but I'm thankful for the church here that has equipped me to go out and do what uh, I'm called to uh, I'm called to do there. And I'm just uh, I'm thankful for ev- everyone who has helped me to get there and stuff and has prayed for me and gave, and uh, yeah, I'm just excited to be there, and I'm excited to be home. Yeah, and uh, I'm starting up my own um, organization called Humans of the World, um, so it's it's uh, officially started, but it will get uh, its 501c3 status in the, in the next, like, month or so, but uh, we are going to be starting off with helping the, the homeless in the area of uh, Oak. Oklahoma. So uh, if you would like to be hooked in with that, it's humansoftheworld.org. And uh, I'm going to start uh, to post stuff there. And that's what I, I would like to eventually um, continue to do after school full time. So that's the goal. But yeah, that's just it. It's good to be home.
He'll be heading back uh, early tomorrow morning. So, hallelujah. I love my boys. They're, they're good servants of the Lord. All right, Kids Life teachers, we are so glad and thankful for you and our kids. Are your kids ready to go to your class? Kids living in faith every day, Kids Life. We just miss you right now, kids. Have a great class. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Well, in getting ready for this message today, God put a phrase on my heart called the best for the last. You know, God always has more to take us into. Right? Even though we have full access to God, but sometimes we're, you know, He has some in reserve. Because He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And today, God has saved the best for the last. Amen? He wants to give VCF the best for the last. Hallelujah. And uh, we're going to look at a story in John chapter 2. And you know, God delights in delivering the unexpected to the expecting. You know, we have to expect the unexpected. Amen? Isn't that what faith does? How many things are possible to them that believe? All things. Amen? And the minute you meet Jesus, you have his faith. Because he gave you the faith to get born again. And that's the greatest gift of all time. Right? So sometimes God waits for the right opportunity to show up. And uh, when, when solutions are few, God shows up with the answer. With a miracle. Or with a move of God. Amen? And he meets our needs unconventionally and boldly and according to his riches and glory. Everybody say his riches and glory. So when we have a need, God's not meeting our need with our resources. He's meeting it with his riches and glory. So he's going to do it in a different way, in a greater way than we could ever imagine, Right? And, uh, you know, when we wait on God, that's when we can experience renewal. You know, when you're weak, you wait on God, what happens? You renew your strength. You know, God is the first and original renewable energy. Amen? And uh, you, hallelujah. Let's go to John chapter 2. And let's look at this story about how God saved the best for the last. It's a story of a wedding. It's a story where Jesus was invited with his disciples and Mary, his mother. And it was at a wedding. Now, Jesus had not performed a miracle. All he did up to this point was be born and live a life. No one saw him do a miracle. 
No one really knew what he was capable of. Um, But Mary knew because of his amazing birth, right? She experienced the miraculous birth. She carried the word. She had intimate knowledge of the word in her life. So she knew the possibilities of the word. All right? So on the third day, there was a wedding at Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. How many know you got to invite the right guest to your circumstance? Amen? Is Jesus on your invitation list for whatever? Hallelujah. Put him on speed dial. Amen? And when the, the, okay, so Cana of Galilee is a place about four miles northeast of Nazareth. It's a place uh, on the road to Capernaum. It's blessed with vineyards and orchards of fig trees and an abundance of water. That's Cana. Okay? And uh, this wedding, right, it's, uh, you know, Something is going to happen at this wedding, and Jesus did a first at a wedding, and he's going to have a wedding at the last, right? We're all going to head to the marriage supper of the Lamb, that Revelation tells us, right? So, God loves weddings, and he was a a guest at this wedding, and the kingdom of God is often... you know, talked about like a wedding feast. All right? So who do you invite to a wedding? You invite friends, neighbors, relatives, and associates, right? People that you know, you invite them to this wedding. So Jesus was, there was some intimate knowledge at this wedding about Mary's family. Right? We're not given any detail of who was getting married, but Mary had details that no one else would normally have unless you're in the midst of it. Right? Or you're close to this. And uh, normally a wedding, in, in the, a Jewish wedding would last seven days. Right? Jews know how to party. Amen? Amen. And uh, Samson's wedding was seven days. Jacob's wedding was seven days. And they'd throw a big feast. You know, they want to entertain the guests. And, you, you know, when you, when you run out of supplies... It causes the host to um, be criticized or to be, uh, you know, not looked well upon, right? So here was, they're, they're at this wedding. Now the problem was, uh, verse 3, when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. So, okay, you're in the midst of this feast. You got all these guests here. And now one of the supplies is run out. Maybe you're at a point in your life where you feel like the wine has run out of your life. Do you realize that if we go through life solely on our own resources, at some point we're going to run out? We're going to be insufficient. We're not going to have enough. So we need someone to add some supply. We got to know the supplier. Amen? We got to have the supply lines open. 
Amen? So you can imagine being at this feast, being at this party, and now the wine has run out. How many ever been to a wedding where there was, you know, they're taking pictures for an hour and a half or two hours, right? And, and you're as a guest, you're hungry. And they don't have anything there, you know? It's frustrating. It's unnerving, right? And you're glad when they get done and say, oh, yes, we can eat now, praise God. See, your own resources are not enough for, God, for what God wants you to do. You need God to add to you. We need God to add to us. We need God to increase us and transform us with what's, what he puts in us with his power and his blessing. So here we are at this wedding. Mary knows that they run out. How does she know? Because she's involved in some way, right? Most the average guest is not going to know this, right? Because the people hosting the party are going to try to keep it from the guests. But those who have a close, intimate knowledge, they're the ones who are going to know about this, right? So who do you go to when there's a problem in life? Who do you go to when something you need and something you want is not there? Mary knew where to go. Verse 4, well, verse 3, and she said to Jesus, they have no wine, as if he is the wine supplier. See, he hadn't performed a miracle up to this point. But Mary had faith in the impossible. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. Mary presented the problem to Jesus for him to solve. See, when you come up with a problem in life, when you come up with an insufficiency, go to Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, go to Jesus. Right? Mary knew where to go to solve the problem. She didn't know how it was going to be solved, but she just knew that Jesus has a solution. Okay? And uh, they have, you know, she knew his origin. I don't think that everybody at this wedding knew who Jesus really was. Because most of them probably just knew he was Joseph and Mary's son working in the family business, building houses. He was more like a stone layer. You know, he, uh, he was a carpenter, but it was more of a built building type of thing. Mary knew his origin. Mary knew who he really was and the power with which he was conceived. Mary was a recipient of the power of God, right? Power of God came on her, Holy Ghost overshadowed her, and conception took place supernaturally. So Mary was a recipient of a supernatural act. You know, when you receive the supernatural, you can believe in the supernatural. Amen? So Mary believed that the impossible was possible. She knew that Jesus would do anything, especially if someone believed or asked. Isn't that true? Do you know that God knows what you need, but he still wants you to ask because asking demonstrates faith? Amen? So Jesus responded to Mary, and he said, Woman, what have I to do with you? This is King James. My hour is not yet come. This was not a disrespectful term as we might think of it today. Okay, 
Often the Jews of that day referred to uh, the gender when addressing someone. Okay? Let me just show you this. Um, Jesus said, my hour has not yet come. Uh, you know, when, when he addressed his mom at the cross, and he said, woman, behold, he, he gave her into the care of John. Right? He called her woman. Uh, the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus said, woman, your faith has made you whole. So he's not using this in disrespect at all. Okay? But he did say that it is not my time. It is not my hour. This was not the time when he was going to reveal his glory of who he really was. But how many know faith can accelerate things? Faith can bypass a timetable. Faith can bring things that are invisible into the invisible because faith is always now. Say faith is now. This is the perception that Mary had. All right? She knew that Jesus could do anything. Christ hadn't shown any sign of anything, of his glory, of who he really was, the Son of God. Right? He hadn't performed any miracle or anything like that. And uh, a lot of people probably didn't know, but Mary had intimate knowledge of who Jesus is. I'm telling you, when you get into a relationship with Jesus and you have some intimate knowledge of him, you know what he's capable of. Amen? How many know what Jesus is capable of? He can move mountains. He can raise the dead. He can heal the sick. He can cause the lame to walk, the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the dumb to speak. Amen? Nothing is too hard for God. Say nothing is too hard for God. So Mary had intimate knowledge. It was her faith that brought the power and the glory of God into manifestation. It was her faith. Jesus would probably have not have done anything unless Mary asked. So it's important to ask. Mary's faith accelerated a creative and transformative miracle. She wanted to help the people. That's a good reason to have a miracle, isn't it? Because you want to help the people. She wanted to protect the host's name and reputation. That's a good reason. Amen? That's a good motive. That's called love. Right? You know, love covers a multitude of sins, not exposes a multitude of sins. Did you know what he did? You're you're out of love. Because you're exposing. Might as well say amen or oh me. It's the same anyway. Right? And Mary wanted to solve the problem quickly. What does a carpenter have to do with providing wine? Nothing, but if you're the son of God, it has everything to do with it. This was a basic need in life. It was a party supply. Amen? God cares about the little things. He cares about what you need, what your family needs. He cares about what you wear, what you eat, where you live. Amen? Amen. And when you put him first, he's able to add it all to you. So, in John 17, 1, 
It says when Jesus had spoken these things, he raised his eyes to heaven in prayer and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son. So there was a time when God was going to glorify him. But Jesus told Mary, my time is not yet. Mary, Mary's like, you know, she didn't say this, but this is, I don't care about time. You just, you just need to do something about this. That's called bulldog faith. That's called persevering faith, unrelenting, unrelenting faith, unwilling to quit faith. Amen? That's like, I don't care about the circumstances. God needs to do something here. He's going to do something here. Or I'll be on this until, until something happens. Amen? Thank God for the faith of Mary. John 8, 20. No one sees them because his, his hour had not yet come. John 12, 23. His hour was when the Son of Man would be glorified and exalted. His hour was the resurrection and the crucifixion. John 13, 1. Jesus' hour, the time for him to leave this world and return to the Father. John 16, 2. His hour was when his followers would be scattered, leaving Jesus alone. His hour was three years later, not now. But how many know, with faith, you can bypass obstacles. Faith can be supernatural. That means it can exceed the natural limits. Can people ordinarily walk on water? But Peter did. Jesus did. How can you do that? Supernatural. Say, I have access to supernatural power. Amen? Okay? So, verse 5. So, Jesus said, it's not my time. And then she turns around. His mother said unto the servants, whatsoever he says unto you, do it. She didn't even pay attention to what Jesus said. Amen? Amen? Don't tell me what don't tell me about the time. We need a miracle. Let's get this thing on the road, right? <laughs> so Mary demonstrated faith and humility and trust about her knowledge of Jesus. You know, God told told Mary that Jesus was going to be great. He was going to have the kingdom of his father. His throne will never end. So Mary knew that Jesus ruled over over wine. He rules over lack. What does he do about lack? He makes plenty available. All right? And uh, Mary trusted for him to supply the need according to his riches and glory. All right? So Mary said, whatever he says, do it. She was not deterred about the timing of the protocol, just having the need met. You know, so many times we get caught up in the circumstances and we don't get our need met. We got to have the circumstances right. Take your eyes off the circumstances and put it on him. Amen? Don't worry about what it looks like, what it feels like, what others are telling you. If a doctor gives you a report that you got something wrong in your body, that's just information, right? But that's not the truth. It's a fact. But that, tr- that fact can be changed by the truth. So now you've got to go to the great physician and see what he says about it. Right? So she believed and expected. 
Say, I believe and I expect. You couldn't have picked a better set of songs to sing about this. Amen? You guys are primed and ready about believing and expecting already. Amen? And uh, Mary was assured and certain. You're not, you're not going to go tell the servants whatever he says, do it if you weren't sure or certain. Mary didn't even know what was going to happen. She just knew something was going to happen. She was going to get wine some way. She didn't know how it was going to happen, but she knew that she was certain that wine was going to come to that wedding feast. Okay? And, uh, <laughs> hallelujah. She encouraged obedience. She encouraged obedience. Whatever he says, do it. If you want a miracle in your life, you've got to find out what he said about it. And you've got to do what he said. Not what you feel. Not what you think. Not what your past was. You've got to do what he said. Or what he is saying. Amen? Hallelujah. What scripture are you standing on for that? Yesterday we got into a discussion about when I had a lot of zeal and not a lot of wisdom. You ever have a lot of zeal and not a lot of wisdom? You know, you're, 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 you're this young Bible school, you, you just come out of Bible school and you're, you're full of faith and you're, you're dealing with people and, and people have problems and you want their problems met. And you know that the word has, so you say, well, what scripture are you standing on? And people give you, like, what are you talking about? So I had a lot of zeal, but not a lot of wisdom. Now I got a little bit more wisdom. Amen? Mary knew how to respond to a command. She gave birth based on a command. She accepted the word that was given to her as God said it to her. She didn't alter it. She didn't adjust it. She didn't add to it or take anything away. It was as it is. As he said it, that's what she believed about it. She believed that she was going to give birth with, with, in the unordinary, unorthodox way by not knowing a man. So Mary knew how to respond to a command. So now she's telling the servants, whatever he says, do it. That's preparation. Right? And she prepared the servants to do the same. You know, Job twenty-two twenty-eight says, you will decree a thing and it will be established for you. Say, I have the power to decree. What can you do if a mountain was in your way? How are you going to move it? By speaking to it. Right? Just like Jesus did. Mark eleven twenty-four. There's a mountain in your way. You know, it's an obstacle. It's a hindrance. It's something blocking you getting your need met. You can move it out of the way, but you've got to speak to it. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mary encouraged the servants to be a doer of the word, just like James says. She was a doer of the word. Say, I've got to do the word. It's not enough just to hear the word of God. You've got to put it into practice in your life. It's the doers of the word who are blessed. 
You know, some people say, yeah, what you said is good, but they don't do anything about it. That's called dead faith. Dead faith has no action, has no response. It's just dead. Don't be a person carrying around dead faith. Faith always does something. Say that. Say faith always does something. Yeah, if you want faith to connect with the power of God, you're going to have to do something. What am I supposed to do? Listen to the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you. Right? Or the Word will tell you. Okay? Verse 6, And there were six water pots of stone after the manner of purifying of the Jews containing two or three furkins. That's about 20 to 30 gallons. So there's six of these. That should be more than enough wine, I guess, for the rest of the feast. Now this is the third day, so this is halfway through the feast. Because the feast is seven days. So if you're running out of wine halfway through, you really didn't plan well. But when you rely on your own resources, you're going to run out. You can't, you can't rely on yourself to do what God wants you to do. You've got to rely on God. You've got to rely on someone bigger, someone stronger, someone faster. We've got a bionic God. Amen? I grew up watching the $6 million man. And he was an astronaut who got into a wreck, and they rebuilt him with bionic legs, a bionic arm, and a bionic eye. And he could run faster than a car, but, but, but when, this was in the 70s, so the, the graph, I mean, the uh, special effects weren't as what they are today, right? So when, when the $6 million man was running, go, right? And he had the one arm, you know, it was strong, and so we, we have a bionic God. See, I have to explain what the $6 million man was because the young, the young people are going, who's that? <laughs> yeah. He, he, the bionic man was an iron man except on the inside, not on the outside. <laughs> there you go. That's a good way to explain it. Miracles will always come with an instruction. This was the first miracle. So it's the pattern for the other miracles. Okay? We can learn a lot about God's firsts. When God first says something, when God first does something, that's his original intent. Right? God wanted man to live forever. That was his original intent. He wanted him to be blessed. He wanted to take Eden and spread it on the earth. Amen? That was his original intent. So, Jesus said to them, now they've already been prepped and ready. Whatever he says, do it. Everybody say, whatever. whatever. See, you're not knowing what he's going to say, but he's about to say something, and you've got to prepare yourself for whatever. Because what God says is not going to make logical sense to your brain. It's not going to make sense to our humanity. What did they need? They needed wine. Jesus told them, fill the pots with water. Wait, 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 wait. We don't need water. We need wine. Fill the pots with water. Everybody say, fill the pots with water. See, God has ways of doing things that we don't know. 
God can make something out of nothing. By the way, water is not even necessarily an ingredient for wine. What do you need for wine? You need fruit. And you need time for that fruit to ferment. God is doing something out of, out of what they have there. The land was full of water. They just didn't have enough wine at the party. So whatever he says, you've got to be prepared for whatever, to do whatever, without questions. Amen? Once you hear God's voice, once you hear what God says, you just do that. Irregardless, you put everything else aside. Fill the pots with water. And they filled them to the brim. Oh, I'm telling you, God needs to put something in you so that he can bring something out of you. If you want a transformation in your life, it comes from the inside out, not the outside in. God puts something in you and he draws it out of you and a transformation takes place from the time you dipped in and brought it out. You've got to yield, participate, and cooperate with God. I want you to notice that in this miracle, Jesus was not doing everything. He was giving the instructions. And the people had to follow the instructions. Mary initiated it. The servants completed it. Two groups of people working together with God's word. They are both in agreement with God's word. But Mary set the parameters of the whole thing. With faith. Faith is the framework by which miracles occur in the earth. We, if, if you need a miracle in your body, you've got to build a frame of the word of God so that God can work through that frame. He works through the frame of the word. Hebrews says the worlds were established or created by the word. Right? So the word provides the structure by which this earth operates. Hallelujah. Now, they filled it to the brim. When God says do something, do it all the way. Don't hold back. When God says do it, fill it to the brim. Do you know what? If you were to not fill it to the brim, a shadow could hide what's in it. But when you fill it to the brim, it's open for all to see it as it is. God doesn't work in shadows. He works in the open. Why? He has no fear and neither should we. He is light. There's no darkness in him. Amen? So they filled it to the brim. In other words, if you were to look into that container, you could see exactly what's in there. There's no hiding it. There's no trying to cover it. There's no taking shortcuts. Let me just knock off a couple words that Jesus said. No, you're going to be in tr- the miracle won't work. So don't hold back. Go all the way. Fill it to the brim. Act on it. Now Jesus said, after they filled it, then he said to them, everybody say then. You got to keep listening. Instruction one, fill the container. Instruction two, draw it out. Verse 8, he said, draw out now and bear to the governor of the feast or the host. Now, whatever they drew it in, 
whether it was a ladle or a pitcher or a cup or a container, they knew what they put in it. They were following the instructions of Jesus, who is the word in flesh. Okay? Now they had to draw it out by faith. I ain't going to give it to the governor. You give it to the governor. I'm not going to give it to you know, because he did tell them to put water in it. He didn't tell them that, oh, after you put water in it, it's going to be wine. See, there's still an element of faith in following the instruction. You can't assume it's all done until you followed every instruction. So Jesus said, draw it out and take it to the governor. Don't hold back. Uh, Act on it. Draw it out and take it to the head waiter. Right? Now he's going to do a taste test. This is where the proof of the miracle comes in. You know, God is not afraid to prove his miracles. A miracle from God will always stand the test of time. It'll be valid. It'll be reliable. It'll be true. It'll be actually happened. Amen? And it won't be by any human means. It'll be by the cooperation of us, but not by our strength or power. Okay? So do everything the word tells you to do. See, when you draw it out, you got to be confident. Confidence is a faith word. You got to be bold. You got to be assured. You got to be certain and you got to have no doubt. Amen? So they took it to him. All right? Verse 9. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine. When was it made wine? When they took it out and brought it to him. God totally superseded the process by actual winemaking. And he made wine from water. Hallelujah. Listen, salvation is like water, but the Holy Ghost is like wine. Wine is more potent than water. All right? So from the time they dipped it out and they're bringing it to this guy, a transformation had taken place because they had followed the instructions of the word. Right? So he tastes it. And he knew not where it was. He didn't know where it came from. Because remember, they had run out. So he was probably shaking in his boots. How am I going to feed these guests? How am I going to take care of these guests, right? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And God is doing all this behind the scenes through Mary. All right? But the servants which drew the water knew the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. Verse 10, and he said unto him, every man... At the beginning, does set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then you put out the wine that is worse. Because if you drink a lot, you don't mind the taste. After a while, it doesn't matter what it tastes like. Amen? But, he said, you have kept the good wine until now. You have saved the best for last. He said, most people, yeah, they start off with the good wine, but people are drinking, having a good time. Then they put out the cheap stuff. But you've kept the best stuff. This was better than what they started with. 
Oh, my goodness. Anytime God gets involved in something, it will improve. It will be better. It'll be greater. It'll be more excellent. Hallelujah. God makes things better. And he is saving the best for the last. Yeah, getting saved is great. But when you get a glorified body, that's a whole lot better. Amen. There's always something better in God. And God is saving the best for the last. Amen? This is what he did. This word, you save the good wine or the best wine, it is the word kalos. It means beautiful as an outward sign of inward good. It means noble, honorable, uh, good character, worthy, seem to be so. Not only... Was this the best wine? It was probably the best wine he ever tasted. He probably hadn't tasted, where'd you get this label? Oh, it's white dove. It's called new wine. It hadn't been made before. A wine like this had never been made. Amen? But it was the good wine. God's got some good things still in store for you. We have not experienced all of his goodness. I'm telling you, it's going to take ages for him to really show us how good he really is. That's what Ephesians tells us. We're going to sit on the front row and he's going to show us. It's going to take ages for how good, to show us how good he really is. Say, my God is good. Say, my God is great. See, wine is like experiencing the fullness of grace and truth. See, did you know in the Old Testament... Moses turned water to blood. In the New Testament, Jesus turned water to wine. There's an increase. You can't drink blood, but you can drink wine. You can be intoxicated by the Holy Ghost. Amen? See, people who know nothing of Jesus need only to taste of him, and they'll find him to be good and the best. Taste and see that the Lord is good. How many have tasted the Lord? And you found that he's good. Well, there's more good to be had. Hallelujah. It gets better and better. Amen. He gets newer and newer. He gets fresher and fresher. Amen. He gets more lively, more powerful. Amen. Hallelujah. See, one one reason God saves the best for the last is he honors the recipients. You know, there is something about enduring. There is something about persevering. God is a rewarder of those who are faithful to him. Being faithful to God will pay off. Amen? You may not seem like it now, but faithfulness to God always pays off. Keep being faithful. Keep serving God. Keep worshiping God. Keep praising God. Keep giving to God. Keep following God. Amen? Because it will pay off. He will reward you. He is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. You will reap if you faint not. But God rewards those who hang in with them. They don't they avoid the temptation to quit. Yeah, my the, the wine has run out in my life. The love has run out of my heart. Whatever has run out of your heart can be replaced by God and it'll be better than before. It'll be more glorious. It'll be greater. Hallelujah. 
See, when God produces miracles, it's always the best of its kind. Nothing can compare. Even the sorcerers of Egypt could only do two things that God did. And eventually their miracle was swallowed up by God's. Right? God's, Moses' snake swallowed up the two other snakes. God's miracle will always swallow up. If you think this world is great, God will swallow up the greatness of this world until you experience his greatness. Amen? Proverbs 4.8 says, the, the path of the, or 4.18, the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter as the newness, everybody say brighter and brighter. We can increase in light. There's more light to have. There's more light to walk in. Amen. There's more, can it get brighter? Yes, it can. Brighter than the noon. How many ever seen a light brighter than the noonday sun? Well, you hadn't seen Jesus in his glorified body yet. But that's how he was when Peter, James, and John saw him. He was brighter than the noonday sun. They never saw a light that bright. Amen. Philippians 1.9. Our love abounds more and more. So our love can increase. Amen. These are things that God increases when he gets involved with us. Your love will abound more and more. That's Philippians 1.9. 2 Thessalonians 1.3. Your faith is growing ever greater. Our faith grows exceedingly. Hallelujah. Say, I got some growing faith. You can believe for greater things. You can believe for bigger things. Why? Our faith is growing. It's increasing. There's being made more. How can I get more faith? You can hear more of the word. Faith comes by what? Hearing by the word. Amen? You want more faith? Listen more. And do what it says. Don't just listen to quantities that you can't do. How do you need an elephant? One bite at a time. You know, some curried elephant. Second Peter 3.18. These are just some things that grow and increase as a believer when they come in contact with Christ. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of God. Did you know that you can grow in grace? The law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. How, how are you growing in grace? God's ability, God's power, God's goodness, God's favor, all kinds of things. We can grow in the grace and in the knowledge of God. As your soul grows, you're able to withstand sickness. Third John 2. Beloved, I wish that you would prosper and be in health as what? As your soul prospers. So as your soul increases in the knowledge of God, you can increase in health and wealth. Amen? Every one of us have the capacity to expand what we believe. We're not stuck in a belief cycle. We can increase what we believe. Amen? Amen. Ephesians 4.15. Let us grow up in all things. We can increase in all things. How many want to increase? Say, I'm not going to be stuck anymore. (laughs) Say, today, this last Sunday, I'm getting unstuck. My prosperity is unstuck. My health is unstuck. My strength is unstuck. 
My love for people is unstuck. My love for God is unstuck. Hallelujah. You're breaking through today. Because God has saved the best for the last. He wants to fill every empty person today. And I'm not even done yet. 2 Corinthians 9.10. I'm going to read this from the Amplified. Now he who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply your seed for sowing. Oh my goodness, the reason you have seed is to sow and it's in sowing that your seed gets multiplied. That is your resources and increase the harvest of your righteousness. How many want to increase the harvest of your righteousness? Glory to God. God's harvest is greater than the seed sown. Think about that. The seed you sow, once it leaves your hand, it becomes greater in God's hands. When did the lunch multiply? When the 5,000 were there for dinner, 5,000 men, probably 15,000, 20,000 people. When the little boy put it in Jesus' hands and he connected it to heaven, it multiplied and fed the multitude. Amen? 2 Corinthians 9.11. Look at verse 11. You will be enriched in every way. Oh, my goodness. How many want to be enriched in every way? So that you can increase in generosity. And I just want to say, y'all are a generous church. For 19 years, going on 20 years, you have been faithful. Hallelujah. I celebrate your giving. I celebrate your sacrifices. I celebrate your worship of God. Amen. We're like those pots. God has filled us and he's made us greater. Amen. We might look small in number, but we're bigger than what you think. Amen. We have a greater impact. See, because if you want the miracle, people have to obey. You know, and if people don't obey, you can't make them obey. I'm going to get Jesus never got anybody in the headlock saying, you're going to get saved today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I will. No, he gives you a choice. Unfortunately, not everybody obeys God. Some people obey the flesh. Some people obey the world. Some people are fearful. How about this one? Matthew 20, 16. Those who are last shall be first. Woo! You may have felt last. You may have felt like the last one or the smallest one. You're going to be the first one. There's a transformation that takes place. God takes the, he meets you when you're the last and he puts you to the first of the line. That's a catapult. Hallelujah. See, John testified in John 1.15. He said, the one who comes after me is greater than I. John says, I baptize you with water unto repentance, but the one who comes after me, whose sandals I can't even lose, he'll baptize you with something greater, the Holy Ghost and fire. He'll take your water and make it into wine. 
See, wine is more potent than water. Wine cleanses, I'm sorry, water cleanses, wine empowers. Water satisfies, wine intoxicates. You can be drunk without a hangover. You can be drunk in the Holy Ghost without paying a natural price for it. And believe me, back in in the day, I know what it's like to be drunk in the world's wine. But it's a whole lot better to be drunk in God. Oh, you don't get drunk in God. Peter said these are not drunk as you suppose. He did not say that they were not drunk. He just said they weren't drunk like you think so. Because God has a different kind of intoxication. When God intoxicates you, you are, things are open to the Spirit of God. You realize Jesus didn't perform a miracle until after he was baptized with the Holy Ghost. Because this is the first miracle that he's doing right here. Amen? God's mercies are new every morning. That's increase. You woke up today to a fresh set of mercies. I made you some mercy brownies. I made you some mercy cupcakes. Would you like a mercy omelet? How about some mercy coffee? Amen? Fresh. Right? The more you seek God, the more you find out or discover about him, right? The more you seek him, the more you find him. Everyone who seeks me shall find. That's what the Bible says, Matthew 7, 7. A-S-K. Ask, seek, knock. The Lord's second coming will be greater than his first. Right? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, Jesus has saved the best for the last. I want you to go to Haggai chapter 2. And I'm coming to a close. See, when God turns water into wine, he gives knowledge of his grace. And what he's put in you has become profitable and he's able to transform. God can only transform you with what he puts in you. The water did not become wine until it got into a pot. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, we have his treasure in earthen vessels. You know, you and I are an earthen vessel. But, we, but as an earthen vessel, God has made his greatest investment into us. He put his word in us. He put his name in us. He put his blood in us. Amen? Amen. He made his greatest investment, and we are carriers. We are vessels of God carrying his treasure. And Haggai, chapter 2 in the Old Testament, and uh, he was, the prophet was told to speak to Zerubbabel, the governor, and Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. And uh, he said, you know, they were building the temple, and he was asking people, in verse 3, he said, does it... Uh, Does it not seem uh, to you like nothing in comparison? Verse 4, but now be courageous, Zerubbabel declares the Lord. Be courageous also, Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. Be courageous, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. For the work, for I am, and work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts. And for the promise which I made with you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit stands firm, immovable, and continues to be with you. Do not fear. Look at verse 9. The latter glory of this house will be greater than the former. 
Say, I, look at your neighbor and say, you ain't seen nothing yet. Let me tell you what, God's got a greater glory. Amen? He, 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 we can increase 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. There's always more to discover in God. There's always more to have in God. There's always more to gain in God. Amen? His word is unfathomable, if I can say that right. You can't get to the bottom of it. Right? You can dive in and swim for hours and you'll never reach the bottom. Why? His word is alive. His word is living. Glory to God. It is bursting with life and joy and peace and health and, and oh my goodness. Second Corinthians 3.18 says, We all with unveiled face, continually seeing as in the mirror the glory of the Lord, are progressively being transformed into his image. You, you become what you look at. You become what you watch. You become what you listen. Amen? We're being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory. Hallelujah. We go from glory to glory. Hallelujah. Which comes from the Lord, the Spirit. Psalm 84, 7 says we go from strength to strength. Hallelujah. You go from strength to strength. Amen. Hallelujah. Philippians Philippians chapter 3, verse 21. I'm going to close on this, I think. Philippians 3, verse 21. Who by exerting that power, which enables him even to subject everything to himself. So Jesus has the final say in all things, because everything is subject to him will not only transform, but completely refashion our earthly bodies so they will be like his glorious resurrected body. It hasn't happened now, but it will happen because right now we have the down payment and when Jesus comes again, we're getting the full package. We're going to transform into just like him, amen? A glorious body of flesh and bone. Hallelujah. Christ transforms and refashions our earthly bodies to be like his glorious body. There's no other God that shares his glory with his worshipers but our God. Amen. The one true God, Jehovah, the Lord God Almighty. Amen. Hallelujah. We go from earthly body to a glorious body. Hallelujah. We go from a powerless body to a powerhouse. You have become a powerhouse in God. You went from powerlessness to a powerhouse in God. Hallelujah. Why? Because God put something on the inside of you. He put a seed in you, the incorruptible seed, and it's growing. It's developing. It's continually. There's, there's no telling how big it can get inside of you. Just like the temple. The, the latter glory will be greater than the former glory. How many, when you met Christ, your life improved, hasn't it? You go from an empty vessel to a filled and overflowing vessel with power and honor for God to use. You go from a lowly servant to a king and a priest. You're a king and a priest. You go from the grave to the temple. Hallelujah. 
You go from bondage to freedom. You go from broke to rich, from wandering to purposeful. Christ always adds to your life, improves your life, and changes you in a positive way. And this was the first miracle that Jesus did. He changed water into wine because someone had enough faith to say, we need this to be taken care of. I've got this need in my life. i got this need in my family. i got this need in my house. It needs to be taken care of. And you take that need and you go to God and you present that need to him and you let him work it out according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. All you got to do is trust him, follow the instructions, and do what he says. Amen? And when you do that, the pots will be filled and what's inside will be transformed into something different, something great greater, something better, because God saves the best for the last. Hallelujah. He brought you here today so that he can put some things on the inside of you to put you over into the next year. Hallelujah. Your victory starts now. Your health starts now. Your wealth starts now. You've got the seed of Almighty God on the inside. That is all you need to create anything in your life. Those servants put that water in there to the brim. They had complete trust in what he said. Had never seen a miracle before. Didn't know what Jesus could do. But Mary knew that he could do something. And she got the ball rolling. Someone around you just needs to get the ball rolling. Someone just needs to slap the funk out of you. You you, you get in this world enough and you pick up some funk. You, You got some funk of the world on you. It needs to be slapped out of you in the name of Jesus. Yes, you can. If you put down your flesh, take up your cross and follow him, you can, be become, you can become anything that he wants you to be. Nothing is impossible to them that believe. How many believers do we have here today? Amen? So God's about to fill your pot today. If you came in here today with an empty pot, God has saved the best for the last. If your wine has run out in your family, if, you're, if the wine has run out in your life, If the wine has run out in your health, don't despair. Don't lose hope. God's got some stuff for you today. In this very moment. In this very, this is his hour. His hour is now. Faith is now. His hour is now. Right now. You can receive what you, what you need right now. You can have what God said. So if you're here today and you know who you are, You came in here empty. You came in here wanting. You came in here needing. Come up here right now and get filled. And when God fills you, he'll transform you. Hallelujah. Because you've got to have enough faith to draw out what he put on the inside of you. Glory to God. The best for the last. He saved the best for the last. Hallelujah. He's about to... Cork open that special label of that new wine. You need some new wine. Hallelujah. You need to be intoxicated with the Holy Ghost. You need to be filled. Hallelujah. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, 
fill her with the power of the Holy Ghost. Right now, let the rivers break forth and flow, flow, flow in the name of Jesus. Fill her right now, Father, with the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. The power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Be filled to overflow, overflow, overflow right now. Father, I thank you right now for filling her with boldness, strength. Lord, you've given her strength to stand on your word. And your word will not fail. Your word will not falter. You keep her. You guide her. You lead her in the name of Jesus. Be 